Well, good afternoon, good evening. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. And I wanted to share with you something that the Lord put in my heart today that's fresh and I'm excited about. And um, so I'm trusting that maybe some of you can join in and participate with me um, if the Lord so allows. And um, so I welcome you as you're able to join in. And if you're not able to join in live, certainly you can um, listen in at a later time. But I'd love to just share with you this word. I've been praying about and thinking about exactly how to make the best of some of this time that we all seem to have right now, because the whole world is in this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic situation. And we're not to fear in any way as Christians because we know that God is ultimately in control. And, um, and every knee will bow, every name that is named is under the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so we know that God will have his purposes seen and his will come to pass through this. So we look for the good that God will bring through this all. And we look for the Lord to bring destruction to this evil virus and to heal and deliver people everywhere. And I pray that if you're affected by this in any way, that God would be with you and he will show himself strong to you and you will know his presence and you will know him to be there for you, if you especially if you're in covenant with him. So I've been praying about what to, what to do during this time because I really felt like the Lord is prompting me and there's a greater urgency to be using the, the time that I have left in this earth. We don't know how long we'll be here, whether we go by the, the gate of death or by the, by the rapture, we don't know. But God is in control of all of that. And we do want, and I know I do, want to make use of the rest of the time that God gives me health and strength on this planet to make his name known. And so that's what I'm attempting to do with these videos and with my audio messages and all of this time. And so I'm looking to do more of these in the next few weeks. And by God's grace, you'll be able to join in to some of these. But I want to start tonight. It's interesting because sometimes the Lord will give me something and then he connects it together. And I see how beautifully it connects together. But as I woke up this morning, I began to get several ideas. I began to talk with the Lord and he talked with me and, and I could sense the Spirit of the Lord just prompting me in, in some uh, discussions and in some studies and in some uh, messages that he wanted me to share. And so now I see the connection of one that I'm hoping you will see as well. So I'm calling this a virtual tour through the Psalms because many of us now are doing things online much more than in person. And so this will be a um, perhaps a series, perhaps a, a short Bible study that I want to take us through some of the Psalms because the Psalms always tend to be one of the books of Scripture that in times of trial or difficulty or sorrow, um, we always cling to and we are, we are looking at and we are going to those and so I believe the Lord would share some things with us from the book of Psalms. And I'm hoping that I can share things that, that through 
that God will share them through me, not me doing it, but that, that I can be a servant of the Lord and share those things with you that he lays upon my heart. So in prayer this morning, I just sensed the Lord speaking to me about a, um, a message on near to us, the nearness. And so I'm t I've titled this Covenant Nearness. And I want to explain that to you in just a moment. But um, I want you to understand from the Word of God a couple of things that stood out to me. First of all, tonight's message is going to primarily focus on Psalm 32. But I want to read one other scripture. And as a matter of fact, uh, I want to start with that one instead of Psalm 32. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us for whatever reason we may call upon him? Now, beloved, this was written by Moses. It's the book of Deuteronomy. It was written by Moses to the children of Israel. So we recognize that the children of Israel uh, held and still hold a very special place in the Lord's plan. And they are the chosen people of God, and we don't discount that. But beloved, the word of God is also applicable to every believer, because according to Galatians chapter 3, everyone that comes in covenant with God, every believer is also of the spiritual seed of Abraham by faith. And so we are heirs of the promises of God. And so, beloved, what I really sensed in my spirit tonight that the Lord wanted me to share was twofold. First of all, to um, express the comfort of his nearness to us, especially in times like these, for those who are in covenant relationship with him. And then second, a responsibility on our end about how to respond. So let me let me do that, and I think the best way to do that now is to go through Psalm 32, and that was a, a portion of this scripture is the one that the Lord gave me that connected with that. And so when I read the whole of this chapter, I thought, Lord, I need to share the whole thing. So I want to share a few insights on this, this particular chapter, this particular psalm. We're told that this one is a psalm of David, Psalm 32. And so I want to read, it's a fairly short chapter, so I'm going to read the whole of this psalm, and then I'll go back and make some comments on it. It says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. 
You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or the, like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. I want to go back and talk about this, and then I really want to hone in on to these, these elements that the Lord gave me specifically to share with you. First of all, this chapter in the first five verses is really talking about the blessedness of having our sins forgiven. So let's look at that. He says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man who, to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there's no deceit. Beloved, when Christ washes uh, our sins away, when we have called upon him, as a matter of fact, verse three and four speaks of the convicting power and the convicting work of the Holy Spirit of God. Because, beloved, we are all, the Bible says we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. No man is without sin, no woman, no boy or girl necessarily. God wants to draw all of us to this place of blessedness where our sins are forgiven. Our sins are gone and washed away in the blood of Jesus. And in order to do that, David expresses it this way with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit upon his conscience. He says, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. He's speaking there about the convicting work of the Holy Spirit of God to draw him. And so he says in verse five, this is the good news. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I've not hidden. He repented, he confessed his sin to God. And what happened? I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you, Lord, forgave the iniquity of my sin. Beloved, that's the way it works. When we as sinners call upon the name of the Lord and we call out to him and we pray and we say, God, I have sinned. I am a sinner. And we confess our sins to him through the convicting work of the Holy Spirit of God, drawing us to repent and drawing us to call on the Lord and to, to ask his forgiveness. When we ask his forgiveness, he forgives. He forgives us of all of those sins and washes them away. And then we can be those who begin to have that relationship with him. That's what he's talking about here. That, that for, for this cause, everyone who's godly shall pray to you in a time when you will be found. It talks about our communion with God, because, beloved, entering into a relationship with the Lord is exactly that. It is a covenant relationship. It's as if you marry him, so to speak. <clears throat> it's like being married to a, a husband or a wife, and you join in and you begin a brand new life together. You begin a relationship together. You both 
begin to live life together. You do things together. You talk to each other. You talk to each other. Hallelujah. And that's the way it is with the, in the relationship with God. And beloved, I wanted to bring out a couple of things about that. First of all, in relationship, it's a two-way street. We have dialogue within a relationship. It's not a monologue. You don't visit with a friend or, or with your husband or your wife and, and then it's just you talking all the time and they never say anything or never give them any permission to say anything or you never allow there to be any dialogue or you just, you come in and you talk to them and then you leave. And that's, is that not the way that sometimes we may treat the Lord in prayer? But prayer is to be a dialogue where we are talking to the Lord, but also we are hearing from him. We are giving him permission to speak to us. We are waiting and we are tarrying to hear what he will say in response to us. Hallelujah. Because he's a near God and he wants to talk to us. Hallelujah. And he wants to cover us in a flood of great waters. He says they'll not come near him. Because why? Because the Lord has become my hiding place. He's the one that preserves us from trouble. He's the one that surrounds us with songs of deliverance. That doesn't mean we won't walk through trouble. Jesus even said in the world we will have tribulation. We're all in this particular situation together. As a matter of fact, the whole world in a, in a sense is. And yet God is with us through it. He promises to be with us. As a matter of fact, uh, last night I was giving a message on the Psalm 91. And he says that to the one that will abide in the, the secret place with God. Make it a lifestyle of being in communion and in deep covenant, vibrant relationship with God. Hallelujah. Then God is with us, even in times of trouble. Praise God. And then next, God turns it around in verse 8 and says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. So he begins to become our teacher and our instructor. But then he says in the next verse, don't be like the mule and the horse that have to be, have to have a bit and a bridle put in their mouth and be, and be yanked here and yanked there and, and forced to do the things that, that the writer wants them to do. Beloved, in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it should never be like that. And God won't, he won't force himself upon you. But he is our Lord and our Master. He is also our, our husband. He's, he's in that sense, in a spiritual sense. He is our groom. He is our, uh, the lover of our soul. He is our God. And we are in a covenant relationship with him. And so, beloved, the other point that I really felt like the Lord wanted me to share with you from that particular part of that passage about not being like a mule or a donkey or a horse that has to be made to listen or made to do something. God doesn't want that. I just pray that, that we will give God permission. Let him get our attention because in relationship, it is a dialogue. It's a back and forth. And so I encourage you to let God get your attention and to keep it. Listen to his spirit. 
Listen to him through his word as you read his word. Give him permission to interrupt your day at any point in the day. He will be speaking to you. You could be driving in the car, washing dishes, working at your job, sitting around. You could be, you know, who knows what you could be doing. You could be doing anything. And God wants to speak to you. And he wants to lead you and guide you in the way you should go, just like this psalm is talking about. And he doesn't want us to be stiff-necked and, and like a, a horse or an animal that has to have a bit and a bridle. He prefers that we be neck-reined. And I don't know a whole lot about horses, but we have had horses in the past. And I do know this, that a horse that is neck-reined, is a horse that is so can be so gently led that all the rider has to do is just touch the rein to the side of his neck and he will do exactly what the rider wants. He just feels that light touch on the neck and he knows to go this direction or to go that direction or to go forward or whatever. The rider is able to direct him by a simple touch on the neck. Beloved, that's the way God wants us to be, so that he simply touches our neck, so to speak, and we are neck-reined, and we are listening to him, and we are inviting him into our day. We're giving him permission to interrupt our day, and we are letting him speak to us, because relationship involves dialogue, not monologue. Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you with this psalm and this word from Deuteronomy 4-7 that God, in relationship for all of those whose sins have been forgiven and who are in relationship with Jesus Christ, because this is what it's about, not religion or legalism, but relationship. And for all of us, oh, hallelujah, God is so near to us for whatever reason we may call upon him. And then he goes on in this, being glad in the Lord and rejoicing. He talks about how we're trusting in the Lord and mercy surrounds us. Hallelujah. Beloved, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. He's already there. He's already close and he's waiting. He's just waiting for us to draw near to him. He's just waiting for us to give him permission. So I pray that God will bless you through this word and, and that he will draw you into a deeper relationship with himself. In Jesus' name, Father, take this word, this message, and Father, I pray that those that hear it, that it will be a blessing to them, that you will use it to accomplish its good purpose in their lives. And Father, I thank you that you are a God that is very near to us. I pray that every one of us will be neck rate and will be in such sweet communion with you that you simply have to just gently touch us and we will listen and we will obey. Oh, thank you, Lord, that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. Praise be to God. I pray that you are blessed this night and in, and in all of your life, that God protects you and God heals you and God keeps you and he makes himself ever real to you in your need and in your situation. Draw near to him, beloved, and he 
draws near to us. Praise be to God. In Jesus' name, may you be blessed, and I hope you can join in for future uh, messages as we talk about the Psalms and we see what God will speak to us through the beauty of his word. Beloved, good night. God bless you.